This is Vern Benham Grimsley with the Spiritual Renaissance Broadcast. Why is it that physical pleasures in and of themselves are insufficient to create human satisfaction? The president of Yale University declared in a recent speech, believers and non-believers alike know that happiness is more than material well-being. We know that conscience is more than simple fear. We know that love is more than sex. We know that moral authority is more than political power. This may not be tangible, but whatever it is marks the difference between what is humanity and what is mere vegetative animal existence. The president of Yale University went on to say, there is a yearning for a sense of purpose which has not been provided by either social standing or material wealth or political power. This is a time, on the one hand, of overwhelming doubt, he said, but it is also a time of deep and powerful spiritual yearning. Thus declared the president of Yale University. Why is there this incessant restlessness of soul in man, this craving for spiritual verities, this unremitting longing for intangible values? Because man was created by God for God, and nothing but God can ultimately satiate that thirsting of spirit that burns like salt in the soul. Someone honestly might ask, well, why worship God? Why? Certainly not to flatter a fictitious egotism or divine vanity on the part of God, but rather because worship is gladness of fellowship. Why does a good and loving father here on earth desire the love of his children, not merely to flatter his own egotistic vanity. A truly good father wants the love of his children because of the joy inherent in friendship and fellowship with them. And so God delights in sharing the friendship and the fellowship of love with all mankind who are sons and daughters in the cosmic family of God. And worship is nothing more nor less than delighting in God. There is joy in that. A joy which you can discover, which can totally transform your life and the way you live it in worshiping God. Jesus' two great commandments were these. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And again, he said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. As a young lad back in Kansas, my parents always took me whenever possible to hear concerts of touring classical pianists, chamber music ensembles, metropolitan opera singers, ballet troops, and so forth. Not for the purpose of flattering these artists, mind you. Not presuming that I would pamper their vanity by my inspiring presence there in the audience, not supposing that some master concert violinist would suddenly peer down over the footlights and say, be still my heart. Isn't that lad down there in the third row the Grimsley boy? And that he would then become flushed and trembling with the wonder of it all. No, it wasn't for their sake, but for my sake, for the purpose of exposing me to good music and art so that I would grow in aesthetic perception and a sense of the beautiful that I was taking to those concerts because it was good for me. And so Jesus taught the love and the worship of God, not for the purpose of bolstering God's ego, but because it is such an exhilarating experience for you and for me to love and to reverence the ultimate origin of all reality, the source of all goodness, of all truth and beauty. This is a soul-inspiring 
and an immensely uplifting experience. And regardless of what our worship does for God, one thing is certain. It can utterly transform us. Your soul within you craves for that worship of God, for the experience of God, for the finding and the knowing of God, for living as the son or the daughter of God you were born to be. And that newness of life can begin for you in simple faith, the faith to believe it and then to begin to live it as you were born and created to live. Worship is delighting in the love of God as a little child skipping through the seashore surf delights in the ocean. Worship is reveling in God as a sparrow revels in the sky or a leaping trout delights in a rushing stream. Worship is the rapturous enjoyment of God as an artist, wonderstruck, watches the sunset, or a musician sits spellbound by a symphony. For worship is losing yourself in the loving of God, as lovers lose themselves sometimes in the crystalline depths of each other's eyes. Worship is being glad for God. Worship is a full soul spilling over at the brim in praise, in thanksgiving of God, as old friends rejoice in embracing after many years apart, and as a man's heart leaps to hear the voice of a distant one he loves on the telephone, so is this joy, this inexpressible delight of fellowship with God, the enjoyment of God which within yourself you crave, and which, if you will, you may discover. I recall a summer back in Kansas as a little boy when for weeks and weeks we had no rain at all. The parched earth was as wrinkled as a grandmother's elbow. The grass was turning brown, the leaves curling like wood shavings on a carpenter's bench. And the mayor, I remember, asked the townspeople to save water by not bathing or flushing their toilets as often. It was so hot my cocker spaniel wasn't running after cars. And so dry little boys weren't even spitting off bridges that summer, as I recall. But then one wondrous afternoon, a few windy wisps of cloud gathered overhead. And then it began to sprinkle. All over that neighborhood, at once, the children came running outdoors to dance and frolic in the rain. I leaped laughing barefoot across the sun-seared lawn, my mouth opened to the plopping raindrops, reveling, rejoicing in that summer shower as it fell. And that's just a little bit. That memory is just a little bit of how it feels to delight in the living love of the living God in worship. If you can visualize what it would have been like in that agricultural area of Kansas with wheat fields dusty and dry from lack of water, then at last for there to be rain. That's what your soul feels like in finding God. You've been yearning this so long. Stop fighting it. It is yours. The very fact you're seeking God means God has found you already. A fragment of infinity indwells your mortal mind. An eternal life lies before you if you will choose to live it and begin to live as you were born to live, as you were created to live, as a son or daughter of God in growing God consciousness. I want to challenge you right now to what may sound like only an interesting experiment at first but one which might just become the turning point of your entire lifetime upon this earth. What is it I want you to try? This.
thank God for something. Now, of course, there are a few of you listening to this broadcast who couldn't help smiling somewhat sardonically when I said what I just said. Thank God, you may be thinking to yourself, how can I do that? I don't even believe in God. Ah, oh, but I didn't say you had to, did I? Then what an absurd project, you may object. Thanking God. Thanking God whether you believe in him or not. But the thing is, you may find yourself changing your mind on the subject. Suppose, for example, suppose you had been shipwrecked on a desert island for the past 40 years, just hypothesizing your mind. Suppose that were the case, and you didn't believe that color television was possible. You just didn't think it could be done. You're doubting it would not change the facts, would it? I could take you into an appliance store, let you turn on a color TV set, and see for yourself. It wouldn't sit there glowering at you through its glassy eye like an electronic cyclops and refuse to come on just because you didn't believe that it was possible, would it? Or consider a young student taking his first course in chemistry. It really doesn't matter whether he believes with deep feeling, emotionally, that two atoms of hydrogen joined with one atom of oxygen will form water. The fact is, he can perform that process in a laboratory, and regardless of his intellectual questionings of it, of whether or not it will happen, regardless of all that, it will happen. It works. It is true. It is a fact. And so, precisely so, I challenge you to override your objections, overrule your doubts, outvote your skepticism, and just for one moment, right here and now, give praise and worship to the source and center of all life and reality in all this universe. Thank God for something, for anything. Thank God for your very existence for water that quenches your thirst, for food to eat, salt and pepper to flavor it. Thank God for eyes to see, for ears to hear, for a nose to smell and hands to touch, for life, for flowers, stars, and love. Thank God. Let your soul surge and swell with praise like the ocean's surf at full high tide. Give thanks. Give one great hallelujah from your heart for the gift of life itself, and know the joy of loving the God who has so many years loved you. That experience, the finding of God, the knowing of God, and the worshiping of God is the supreme delight of the soul. It may be yours, if you will have it so, it may be yours beginning right here. And right now, for all eternity. If you're interested in these topics, write to us. We want to hear from you at the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, Box 3080, Oakhurst, California, 93644. That's the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, or abbreviated SRI. For those of you listening in other countries around the world, over our international satellite and shortwave network, let me spell the mailing address. SRI Box 3080, Oakhurst, O-A-K-H-U-R-S-T, California, C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-A, 93644, United States of America. I've written Finding God, Getting to Know God, Seven Principles of Prayer, Life After Death, What Does Happen When You Die? 
if you're interested in these topics, no cost, no charge, no obligation. Nobody's going to come to your door with an attache case and try to sell you something. Simply write to the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, Box 3080, Oakhurst, California, 93644, USA. This is a non-sectarian, non-profit program proclaiming the dawning spiritual renaissance, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, the worldwide family of God. And so for now, this is Vern Benham Grimsley saying, may God's will be done by you. Good day.